every captain, every sailor will know that there are good days and bad days, that there are storms and beautiful weather. And so it's both sides of the coin. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the pleasure of Hans uh, Hallings on the show. Uh, welcome to you, Hans. Thank you very much, Julian. Welcome to be, be here. I'm uh, in the new year. Happy New Year to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good to, good to see you at the start of this uh, new year, 2023. Um, so you're, you're a freelance uh, public speaker, you're a trainer, you're a facilitator and coach. And you have a key area of expertise in organizational and individual behavior. And uh, in a moment, we'll, we'll be exploring engagement in the workplace and how this can lead to resilience. Uh, I think an important topic uh, at any time of the year, to be honest, but uh, certainly a good way to, to start the year. Uh, but before we get into that, um, Hans, um, I'd like to ask you, what do you love about uh, what you do? I love to help people. I love to work with people. When I walk into a, a workshop in a room with full of people, then engage with them, connect with them, and help them to make them aware sometimes of things that they are totally not aware of with little examples, with um, um, things we do, little activities. It, it's, uh, it's a lot of hands-on stuff. And this awareness is actually these aha moments, you know, where people say, oh my gosh, I never realized this, you know, this, and I think that's just the, the brilliance of what what really makes my job um, worthwhile, where you talk to people and they suddenly say, I recognize this, you know, and I, I, I wasn't aware of this, mm. you know, those type of things, because that drives real change. I think when people become really aware of things, then they become um, willing to change things. And so often it's just, knowledge driven and it's like we just get some you know stuff and then it just goes and, and and people go to training and they come back at work and then they continue what they've always done correct mm. yeah and, and, and it's interesting it's, it's important to for people to get that revelation that understanding them for themselves isn't it as much as my people who tell you things but actually to get that wonderful insight yourself i mean not we'd always get our moments all the time but when people get that realization of something or get a perspective on something they never had before that opens up opportunities it's um it's a wonderful place to be and and as a yeah. as a coach yourself uh it's a it's a, it's a wonderful privilege to, to see that and witness that yeah. when people do have that isn't it it's this it's this self-reflection and i think we live in a society where there's often not a lot of time for self-reflection. We don't mm. reflect very well. We just, we, we call it a human race, but you know what? It's not a race. Nobody wants to get to the end, correct? <laughs> Absolutely. But we're still rushing through it all the time. And that's, and that's a shame in a way, you know? And so sometimes we need some time to just step back and think about things. Mm. And that's, I think, 
what we both do, you know, when we talk about things, mm. we both allow people to step back and have a think about things. Mm. And, and, and part of my podcast is about giving the opportunity to people to sort of stop a little bit, listen to, you know, somebody talk about an, an area and have expertise and hopefully give people some different perspectives, but some challenging thinking, uh, but also just to sort of foster that sort of self-reflection sort of mode. And um, today we're exploring, you know, how that, you know, employee engagement in workplaces actually does drive uh, resilience. But before we dive into that, I'd like to get your, your, I suppose your definition, your perspective on how you perceive uh, resilience in, in the workplace. Resilience to me in the workplace is just how good are you at overcoming obstacles? And it, but resilience is not only happening in the workplace, correct? It's, it's, it's in your life. You know, we all have difficult moments in life. And nobody escapes from that. And we all need to, to deal with those. And how we deal with those makes a lot of difference to our lives and the success we have in our lives or, or the misfortune we have in our lives. And, and I think that um, we can still do a lot, although some of it is, is built into who we are. I'm sure that some people are by nature more um, resilient than other people. There is a lot of things that we can do to learn to be more resilient through experiencing and, and experiences. Mm. But there are a lot of things that we can do to 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 help people develop. Yeah, and it's it's people always perceive resilience as just that ability just, just to get up, get on with things and grit and determination. And, and it's far more than that, isn't it? It's that ability to be uh be curious be creative because what to overcome challenges or problems we need to sometimes think of it a little bit differently and be agile as well have that flexibility and that ability to maneuver uh and think differently and because we've encountered a, a problem or something that's got in the way uh and so it's more than just getting back up but also there's an aspect, isn't it, of that learning, that ability to learn. So for the next time, you can overcome things quicker and better and more efficiently. Totally agree. I think one of the keys to resilience is how it's not the event itself, correct? We all have difficult events. It's how our perception of those events, how we mm -hmm. think about them, and that, that drives how we deal with them. So... Um, people totally, even the same event happens to different people, we all react in different ways. And some of those reactions are very productive and others are not very productive. And so we can either take responsibility or we can hide or we can, you know, um, avoid the, the, the issue altogether. Um, and so it's it's really starts with how we see these events, how we perceive them. That starts everything, and that starts our emotional reaction to it. It's not the event itself; it's how we perceive it. That's the key. And how do we help um, those in organisations to, so not create a, the right perception, but create uh, something that they see that would be helpful for them? How do how do we do that? How do we bring people along with us that 
in essence, will then brew, build resilient teams and organizations? I, I, I think we, we focus on a number of things and um, we can help people by understanding their themselves first. If they understand themselves and their strengths and their talents and how they deal with, with things themselves, that helps a lot because that gives people confidence. It keeps them understanding of what their values are, what their mission is, what their, their purpose is, what their focus is. I mean, if we if we have a, a purpose, you know, if we want to go somewhere, then we tend to overcome obstacles. If there is no purpose, if we just do things because we have to do them, then as soon as we get to a little obstacle or barrier, we say, oh, we can't do this anymore. And mm. so th- I think that's that's one of the that's one of the keys. It's that that drive, you know. How can we, how can we help people by, and that's where engagement comes in, I guess. You know, how can we help people to be more engaged? Because when we are engaged, we have more drive, we focus, we have a purpose, and we will try and make it happen. And if we if we um, have that, then we automatically become um, resilient. One of the examples I always give about resilience is, you know, resilience is all about uncontrollable events, correct? And I'm a, I'm a sailor. I love sailing. So I always refer to a sailboat metaphor in a lot of the training that I do. And um, to me, the weather is like how we deal with the weather. The weather is an uncontrollable event, correct? We cannot control the weather. How we deal with the weather is up to us as captains of the boat. And, and if the boat is our life, then we the way we deal with that is really up to us. Now, every captain, every sailor will know that there are good days and bad days, that there are storms and beautiful weather. And so it's both sides of the coin. We need to learn to savor the good times, the beautiful sunsets and the, and the starry skies that, that are in the, in, the, in the sky, you know, and the beautiful clear uh, water when we really enjoy uh, sailing. Hmm. And, and on the other side, we also will get into storms and there will be high waves. And, you know, we need to learn to deal with those as well. But that also requires some experience, correct? The best way to learn to sail is go sailing with someone that knows how to sail. And so they will teach you how to get through a storm. And the first time you sail, you don't go through a storm through a hurricane. Yeah, um, You build that slowly up. So it's a process. It's a process of learning how to deal with what to do with the sails, what to do with the steering, how to navigate, how to adjust um, everything on the boat so that you can go through the storm. And um, so that's active. And that's like, how do you cope with with a storm? And building that self-confidence by slowly, slowly going through um, more wind yeah, and, and higher waves you know what the boat can do, and therefore you become more confident about the process. 
I think that's that analogy is very close to how we build resilience as people. Hmm. We go through experiences in life and every time, and when we look back, maybe at the time when we go through a storm, we're still scared and we and we don't really like it, correct? And we become seasick and all sorts of things happen. But when we look back on it, we say, we got through it. What did I learn from that experience? How would I, what would I do different next time? And so automatically we we get more of a belief that we get through that storm. And mm. we we know how to handle the boat in a different way. And we we find you know, ways of um, building that confidence for ourselves. Yeah, it's a great analogy, and um, I like that. And just taking that analogy of, you know, sort of sailing and into the storms, and you talk about the weather that we can't control. We have no control over the weather. And putting that into a workplace context, how should we navigate situations where we can't control the can't control the outcome can't control the external force the, the clients the, whatever it may be the economy there's a whole host of stuff that comes out of that how do we navigate that and you know and everybody's being challenged right now from a global perspective from an economy perspective and we have no control over that um how do we create that resilience and how do we sort of help individuals navigate those uncontrollables i guess i think that the the key key to resilience is understanding like like if i picture two circles you know create two circles one circle that says this is what i can control and the other circle is this is what i cannot control and understand which is which so I think in a lot of cases, a lot of people try to control the uncontrollable mm. and they spend a lot of effort and activities and, and time into that area. And sometimes we just have to let go and we have to accept reality and say, we cannot control this. Whatever happens, you know, will happen in this area and then focus all our energy on the area that we can control. Now, as a captain on a boat, there are a lot of things that I can do, correct? I can listen to the weather forecast. I can prepare my boat for the worst case scenarios. I can have storm sails on my boat. I can change the sails and, and reduce the amount of sails. I can put a, a drogue on the back of the boat to, to slow it down. There is lots of things I can prepare food before the storm hits so that I have some sustenance, etc. I can take seasickness medication. There is a lot of things that we can do, but it's focused on those controllable areas. Mm. And I think in work, there is a lot of, in every workplace, there's a lot of things we can do, but we sometimes forget that we focus on the wrong items. We focus on the things that cannot be controlled and and this is um in life and resilience is all about these nasty things that happen to us that we have no control over and then we have to learn to deal with it and maybe even after they happened and so the way we perceive it is often the 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 issue if i if i lose my job 
today or yeah then i can perceive that as something that says oh i'm released i now can do new opportunities wow and that's amazing i can i can focus on the positive mm. or i can say oh disaster what am i going to do um i will never get a job again you know like this or yeah and so it's very much a focus of you know do i see uh, how do i perceive this this particular event and then how can, what can i do to control this i might even go and and find a job somewhere else or in a similar sort of in, in in industry or i might be able to get my job back if i if i uh, start to um, confront people and talk to them but it's all about my reaction to it mm-hmm. yeah and interesting about that controllables uh, control the controllables um you know i've learned that over a number of years where the more you try to control the uncontrollables the more frustrating you get and stressed you get because yep. you can't control them and and on similar to you i i get sometimes clients almost to write a list of things that they want to change and then i say circle of things that you're in control of and that's usually quite a few items it's quite a lot a long list of things that they want to try and sort out but actually and, and there's other people in that as well because you can't control other people neither even though we try absolutely um, <laughs> and it's the same same thing and i think it's it's, it's it's a valid point and a very simple thing very simple very powerful though you know do do the things you can control uh, and and that will, will relieve a lot of stress but also help you a lot more get closer to what you're trying to achieve in that context as well and 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 letting go is one of the hardest parts especially for managers executives leads because they cannot they don't want to accept that correct <laughs> that's one of the hardest things you know an example of this is um, um trying to get to sleep you know when you want to go to sleep yeah there is there is some things you just have to have no control over you cannot force yourself to go to sleep the more you force try to force yourself to go to sleep the less you get to sleep you know <laughs> you start to think about all sorts of things and what happens so what you can control is your habits your what you do before you go to sleep what you what you drink what you yeah your 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 normal sort of focus on the routine that you go to and then you just have to say you know sleep will come you know and then let it go and if you are not if you're trying to actively go to sleep i guarantee you it won't work you have, you have to let go you just have to say to yourself sleep will come you know and <laughs> but that's an extremely hard part for leaders mm. to actually do yeah focus on the process not on the outcome you're not in yeah. control of the outcome all you're in yeah. control about is is the is the focus it's the process which we should talk about now we you've said earlier on that there's a link between increasing the engagement in your organization and you get more resilience um Firstly, what is engagement to you? What's an engaged employee in an organization? An engaged employee to me is um, someone who loves what they do. I, I have a, a little video that I do in every workshop where I show people, you know, this is Mike and this is, he loves what he does. 
And I, I really think that that really strike, it strikes a chord with people. There are still too many people that don't do what they love. And um, to me, engagement is doing something you love to do. The, the people you interview, I am sure the first question you ask is, why do you love what you do, correct? But there are still too many people in the world that are not engaged or they don't love what they do. If you love what you do, you use your strengths, you use your your skills, you enjoy your work, and you put in, you're proud of what you're doing. You put in a lot of effort. As a manager, I always say, a manager can tell you what to do, but they can't tell you to do their best. Yeah, that's your choice. And I think an engaged employee will do their best. And that's a commitment from them to the organization. And in return, you have a commitment from the organization to the employee. So they work to a common goal. They, they really understand the contribution they make in the organization. And they understand why they're doing things. And so that delivers um, engagement to me. So if you, if you use your strengths, you get into flow, you really uh, forget about time. You know, I have here in the Middle East, there are still a lot of people that are going to work and just tell me what to do and I'll do it. That approach. Now, that is the opposite of engagement in my view. And just very few employees are still here. And I think if I go back to Holland, where I'm from originally, there is a lot more engagement because people have learned and there is acceptance that you would want to find the job you love to do. And so people struggle with that after their studies and they try a few things out and they, they find themselves, this is this is my passion. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I like to do. Mm-hmm. And they end up with the job they they love. Yeah. And so I think that's that's one of the keys. And why having highly engaged people creates this sort of elevated resilience in teams and organization? What is it about engagement that sort of fosters resilience? What, what's the link there? To me, it's it's drive. Purpose. I think that purpose, you know, we all know people with purpose are resilient. You know, if you have a reason to live for, um, then you will try to stay alive. And so to me, it's purpose. You know, if you know why you're doing things, if you enjoy what you're doing, but purpose and commitment and um confidence, belief in yourself that, and if you are engaged, then you believe in what you're doing. And if you believe in what you're doing, you become automatically more resilient because you, you, you are in control. You know, your purpose, you become more confident and you know what your strengths are. And so to me, it's exactly the same as as telling people do this if you if you tell people what the vision is this is what i want want you to do as an outcome and you leave it to how they want to do it or you tell people exactly every step they need to do um 
if you tell them too many details, you become too micromanaging, then they are not going to be engaged. And then they, at the first hurdle, they will stop. To me, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, serial entrepreneurs, to me, serial entrepreneurs are extremely engaged, but they're also extremely resilient. They don't suffer from um, mental fatigue. They don't suffer from a lot of um, breakdowns or, you know, and research shows serial entrepreneurs, they just keep going. Why? To me, because they're engaged. They know what they're doing. They know what their vision is. They know what they want to achieve. It seems to me that <clears throat> the link is, is this purpose piece because purpose enables you to be an overcomer because it, it, it's bigger than the situation you're in right now because it's, it's f- further out, it's more consuming. And then that purpose is creating that engagement. How do we, obviously we haven't got a whole, spend a whole hour on just something in itself, uh, engagement and purpose as well, but <laughs> how do we create that sense of purpose with people in organizations? Bear in mind, people have their own individual purpose and then organizations have purpose. How do we sort of sort of marry the two, I guess, to create that engagement and then resilience? I think that's where we have to align people, their purpose with the organization's purpose. We have to share the vision. And I still think, you know, that this is one of the few areas that organizations are still not very good at. Really helping people to understand the vision of the organization. I mean, the the top layer, absolutely no problem. The top two layers in an organization know about vision and mission and values and all those sort of nice things. And I'm sure they're driven to it and they have their engagement, et cetera. If you go further down the organization, people really look at KPIs and, and still feel that everything is about finance. You know, they still feel a lot about, I have to drive my KPIs and that's it. And they forget to talk about what is the purpose of the organization? What is the, what, why do we exist, you know, as an organization? What's our purpose? Mm. And, and if I look here in the Middle East, you know, you go to large oil companies and if you ask people, um, what is their purpose? They say, oh, make money. No, make, money is a requirement for organizations. They have to make money, correct? Otherwise, they don't exist anymore. To me, purpose is much more about what is the purpose to society? Why do you exist? What is your reason to exist? And so develop the country, develop the people, develop, you know. The, there are all sorts of purposes that we and when i talk to people about strategy and we go through this vision mission and values thing then they they say okay now i start to understand but i think that is the role of a ceo almost every time he talks to their people i think they should mention you know vision purpose what what drives us Mm. because we forget that and that's in smaller organizations you have that automatically. The owner will drive that, and and charismatic owners drive that very much. And that's the companies that we hear about. They they say this is our purpose. But for a lot of organization, except nonprofits, they are so bad with with driving vision. You know, mm. through the organization. I mean, we all see values in the organization as a as a thing next to the reception desk, correct? These are our values. 
but we don't really live these values. Mm. And I think that you know, when you have some enlightened companies where a CEO really steps out and drives purpose, and I've seen in, in some of the workshops I do here in the Middle East, I'm amazed with some CEOs that come to every training, introduce the training, tell a story, you know, and drive this. It's just amazing, but it happens so seldom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's that, as you say, the top tier of an organization, they tend to be a bit more aware of the purpose or the mission, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it's making sure that's communicated, but also lived. As you say, it's not just some words on a reception yeah. desk. It's something that's actually lived and breathed. And we know that, you know, role modeling is the most powerful way to impart anything to anybody. Uh, telling people, showing people is um, not as effective. Actually living it and demonstrating it uh, through transparency and openness and honesty is really valuable. Um I've really enjoyed talking to you, Hans, in terms of understanding that sort of link between engagement and resilience. And I think as organizations, we need to, we talk a lot about embracing the engagement piece and having employees that are really excited, but actually there's a, there's a real point of it. A, you get um, this sense of a resilient organization, which means you can be overcoming, you can be more creative, more um, more agile as well, and that's really really valuable. Yeah. If people want to connect with you, uh, Hans, and get in touch with you, what, what's the best way of doing that? They can either uh, send me an email at um, hanshorlings at gmail.com, absolutely no problem, or they go to fulloflifebooks.com um, and they find me on there as well, and they find the, the book that I've written, and uh, just go to LinkedIn, LinkedIn, um, you find Hans Horlings in Dubai, absolutely no problem. Yeah. So I, I, I just, on the last thing you say, and I think this is one of the keys, role modeling, I think is, is underestimated the importance of role modeling. When I look at resilience and uh, there's a, a great piece of uh, Ken uh, uh, Ginsburg, and he has these seven C's for resilience and everything. And he de delivers resilience and he teaches resilience to, to youth and young people. And he says the most effective way to teach resilience is through role modeling. Mm -hmm. We need good role models. And I think that's exactly the point I was trying to make with the sailing. You learn sailing from someone. Go sailing mm -hmm. with someone and they yeah. will show you, correct? Totally. I, I agree. And I, I think it's it's an under rated underestimated impact because also role modeling there can be a negative impact of that as in terms if you role model badly yeah, yeah. people will, will pick up badly as well so i think people don't realize actually the moment you you come into a room you're role modeling whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you are role modeling immediately but having an intentional approach is far better in terms of trying to impart resilience or how you communicate or how you do things is far more powerful well thank you for your time today hans i've really been a great time talking to you this morning thank you and have a great year i will listen to the next one as well <laughs> you too thank you thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode if you do like this episode then please do rate review and share with your friends and colleagues as a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. 
will help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com. Thank you.